Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallmafs. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everyone out there. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm I'm moving along. How are you, Tane? That didn't sound very enthusiastic. What does moving along mean? Like you're alive? I'm alive. I'm I'm gonna tell the people I'm gonna tell the people. Most of my work these days is Afghanistan related. To record this podcast, I had to tell my boss <laughs> that I wouldn't be available for two and a half hours or so. Um, but I would check email afterwards. And because this is not my regular boss, I also had to tell him about the podcast. <gasps> <laughs> I'm just finding out two people. <laughs> oh, no. And my other coworker too. They're so sweet. They were like, we're going to go find it. So they're probably listening to this. <laughs> But I'm like, yes, I have to to stop working on, you know, well, the people of Afghanistan who probably need me more to go record a podcast about Married at First Sight. Um, Thank goodness, you know, it's I'm not doing anything like life or death. My coworker can cover for me. It's not a big deal. But I mean, I had to say those words. I cannot work on Afghanistan tonight because I have to go record my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, not all heroes wear capes, you know, so thanks for, you know, all that you do. And for taking time out of, you know, a huge event to record the podcast. <laughs> no problem. And to the listeners, um, to be honest, it can be feel very frustrating and very like, wow, I'm not really helping people. So to recover from that feeling, I found a local organization that welcomes refugees and I did something. So um, listeners... And, you know, refugees is one area of the world, but there's a lot of areas of the world where people need help. So I encourage you in these times, go do something. It'll make you feel better about the state of the world. 
Whatever your heart calls you to do. Do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. But anyway, back to Married at First Sight. Okay. Oh, yes. On Patreon, that's where we do Unfiltered and Couples Cam. They both had some good episodes this week, so go check out our recaps on Patreon. Patreon.com slash AlterCallMAFS. I also wanted to give a special thank you to everybody who went to our Instagram and followed us. Last week, I was like, we're almost at 500. And thanks to you guys, we're almost at 600. (laughs) So thank you very much. And uh, speaking of Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else, Tane, what are the people up to on social media? What are the people up to? Well, this week, um, those of you who started from the beginning, season one, Jason is expecting a baby. Um, for those who might not know, Jason and Courtney were married for five years, but now they're all both married to different people. Um, this was the New York season. And Courtney, his ex-wife, is also pregnant with her baby, and they're expecting. So all the best to them. And speaking of Courtney, um, Courtney did not ask me anything Uh, that thing on Instagram and she mentioned that she doesn't watch maps anymore but she watched some of last year's because of a connection to Haley she didn't go into detail and I wonder what the connection is but that was interesting Mm. Uh, yeah but she talks a lot to people from the show and she tries to talk to them without sticking her nose in their business she says she talks to a lot of the wives and she gives advice and a listening ear and she's honored that they trust her enough to do that i wish you mentioned which wives i think that'll be interesting too but yeah um beth and jamie are in los cabos mexico this is particularly interesting to me because aid knows i've been researching uh for vacation for my birthday that's coming up soon and mexico when i was researching that they are staying at a resort that was recommended um, to me, like by so many people, and then online it just got like perfect reviews. And it's called Le Blanc Spa Resort. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, I have not. But Simone yeah. Biles was in Los Cabos this week too, so I wonder if she was at the same resort. It looked nice. Oh, yes, it is really nice. And then Karen also chimed in and mentioned that that is where she and Miles stayed, um, for their second honeymoon. Mm. And I do want to add that during my research, A did her due diligence and recommended and suggested that I go to Hotel Escara. (laughs) 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 But um, yeah, it's still on the list, maybe one day. But yeah, I'm not going to Mexico anymore. But I just thought that was interesting. But they look like they're having a lot of fun. And she looks like she's having a great vacation. Um. Vince is still giving Brie Spanish lessons. He posted on his stories. It was kind of funny because it was called a hood. uh, It was a hood Dominican Spanish lesson, which I thought was hilarious. So it's good to see them still having fun. And she's also learning Spanish with that. That's a huge benefit. Um, Derek from DC. He's been quiet on Instagram for a while, but um, he's uh, active now. And it was his birthday recently. And he was on like it looked like he was on a boat and he posted a picture with somebody else mentioning that that was his birthday mate and they've celebrated they have the same birthday but they've celebrated their birthday together since college. I just thought that was pretty cool like regardless of your life circumstances you have just had and celebrated your birthday with the same person for the last couple of years so that was pretty cool. Very cool. 
And finally, for those of you in the Boston area, Shawnee's is a special guest at a masterclass that will be holding September 25 and they're selling tickets. And it's a masterclass that involves like makeups, how to put on eyelashes and just things in that realm. So if you'd like to support Shawnee's and you're interested in makeup and are in the Boston area, go find your tickets. And that's all that's going on in social media. Lovely. You're so kind to do a shout out for Shawnee's. <laughs> uh, everybody knows I'm kind of invested in, you know, the influencer lifestyle of the, the mass cast. <laughs> I appreciate an actual event. Instead of just putting a code on Instagram, like the logistics and the wherewithal to hold an actual in-person event, she should be commended. All right. So how were we feeling about this episode? What were your thoughts? General summary. I liked it. I did feel a little too long, but I just find this group of people to be very interesting. Maybe not as entertaining, but definitely this week, you can just sort of see personalities and things coming out, and you're like, these people are worth watching. Yes, yes. And I, and I, I agree with you. And I keep thinking, like, is it a comparison to last season or individually would I think the same thing? And I want to say it's the latter. I think their personalities all together is good content or entertainment, whichever one. And this is, I mean, obviously we want them to succeed as couples and stuff, but even outside of them in a couple, they're just very interesting people. So watching them trying to get to know one another is just, mm-hmm. it's fun. And they they have good chemistry with each other. Th- that is definitely a comparison do. to last season because they had good chemistry last year. <laughs> but it's so funny like early on and this is too soon to call we've talked a lot about the friendships between the women i feel like this is might be one of the few few seasons where i think the men seem to have a a closer rapport than the women this early on yes yep then you know previous ones so can't wait wait for it to play out i'm just i like the episode i think my only thing is like they really need to stop making the previews like (laughs) on the edge of our seats and then the the episode plays out and you're like where was everything but patience we just have to practice patience we'll start with michaela and zach as you remember zach tested positive for covid and michaela headed on back to houston while zach stayed behind to quarantine so we get some stunning views of the wait is it an island of the resort, I guess. Just like I think, I think so. It looks like an island. It looks like an island, but I don't want to say the wrong thing. But anyways, we get views like it's stunning of the sunset, the ocean, and all that. And then we see poor Zach in a mask <laughs> on the balcony. And don't laugh. <laughs> they have to like fly in a drone to get a shot like a of drone. Because they can't get near him. It's not man is like, y'all didn't pay me enough to risk testing positive. So he's telling us that this is not how he imagined his honeymoon. He's like, he feels horrible, not only because he has COVID, but because he feels like he let Michaela down and it's not a good way to start your marriage. We switch on over to Michaela and once the camera switches on her, I see her braids and I'm like, this poor girl got her hair braided for nothing. She didn't even get into the water didn't do any of that just sat down for hours just to fly right back home but she tells us that it sucks 
but she understands that health and safety comes first, but she misses him and she knows that they'll have plenty of time. And like Zach said, short time sacrifice for long time paradise. And she's all giggly and giddy about this catchphrase. So we see them, I'm assuming texting each other and Zach also says that he misses her and his plan for the rest of the honeymoon is to rest drink water and get back home healthy as possible to make up for the days that he's missed. And as the drone flies away, sadly, we see other people in their balconies. And I don't know, Aid, Merlot might have a point because it was all older people (laughs) (laughs) in the balcony. And I'm like, huh? I mean, maybe that's Florida and it's not Disney World. So yeah, there might be some old people. Oh, man. So, yeah. So that was it for Michaela and Zach. But, you know, I'm hopeful, like, he's going to be all back to normal. Well, not hopeful. He is going to be back to normal, as according to what we saw in the preview. And, you know, they get right back to regular programming. Thoughts on them? Um, I feel like they just want to keep on reminding us that they exist. Um. <laughs> <laughs> because I think, I mean, from the previews, we can tell there's going to be a lot of, like, drama and stuff with them. So they're like, just a reminder, Michaela and Zach are still on this show. Yeah, we can't forget them, really, truly. Like, yeah, I can't wait to see them play out. Oh, I did forget to mention, like, at some point while he was in his balcony, um, two other couples walked by, Gil and Merla and Rachel and Jose, just checking up on him, making sure he's okay. And, you know, Gil is all if you need anything. But um, Zach lets them know that Ryan and Jose, I want to say, came by and threw him up some beers. And, you know, he just just kept going on and on about how he misses um, Michaela. And that's how I know that he's been in quarantine. He was just wouldn't stop talking and just was happy to have people (laughs) to talk to. So, and how he's going to go back and it's, you know, he feels bad and he hopes that he hasn't let her down. Just the same thoughts, the echoing the same sentiments that he shared with us. But yeah, it was just a nice moment where, you know, his peeps were really concerned about him and just checking up on him. Very nice. Yeah. So I hope it works out well for them. Can't wait to see it, but I do want to add, and I, Honestly, don't know sometimes the conversations we have line or what I've said on here, but my eyes are on Zach because I've met, I I feel like I've mentioned before how I still can't reconcile why he's so obsessed with marriage, but he's never been in love and never had a girlfriend. Like, I don't know, something is off somewhere and I don't know if it plays out or if I'm just looking too deep into that, but can't wait. Like I said, their preview show, so much drama. So it's... It's definitely look forward to TV. (laughs) (laughs) Must-see TV. (laughs) So next is the opposite of must-see TV and Brett and Ryan. (laughs) As I was thinking about them, I'm just like, they could literally not be on the show. And I don't know if I would miss them. No offense. Um, (laughs) We see them having breakfast. They're having a last meal before kayaking. And this is where we find out that Brett is scared of everything. She's scared of everything in the water. Um, he says that he prays that they don't see a shark fin because she'll lose it and he will too because everybody should lose it if they see a, a shark fin. Everybody should be scared of a shark fin. But she's also worried about encountering a manatee or any other sea life creatures. So there's this whole thing about how she's facing her fears and doing something different and 
she's grateful to him because he takes her fears in stride. He gives her the option to like get out. He's like, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. And she's like, no, 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 we're going to do this. And he says that she's a fun wife and she's adventurous and that's why she's going to do it. So they get in the kayak and it looks like fun and she's doing it. And then there's a manatee and there was way too long they spent on this manatee. She's freaking out. He says it's massive. He wants her to look at it. She refuses to look at it. She's not a fan of the manatee. Then they kiss and then they race. And the winner was going to cook dinner for when they move in, but they called it a tie. And then there's, you know, we know how Ryan bakes cheesecake. And he says that she doesn't get a cheesecake yet. She hasn't earned that yet. Any thoughts? Honestly, I have no thoughts. I'm trying to stay focused. Like, I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm just like, why even bother? Like, after playing Gate, why give him more reasons to for him to be turned off? Like, uh, they tried. I mean. <laughs> they tried. They have some awful intro music before they have a dinner. And she says, cheers to our honeymoon. They understand they have differences. She talks about writing love notes. She says she has she's getting a good grip on knowing who he is. And then he says something kind of strange. And he's like, so we're going to live together. And he says, I don't have much of a say in it. I'm, I'm like, I've just never really heard, like, all the couples are forced to move into an apartment. But I've never really heard someone just be like, I'm being forced into this. Yeah. It was weird. There was they a talk- lot of dancing around language with them i guess so it like seemed tv language yeah yeah <laughs> math language actually <laughs> they talk about making beds every day i'm in agreement with that like who makes i don't make my bed every day um every two weeks or so um, <laughs> so We'll discuss the whole group dinner later, but during their group dinner, something that came up for them is that they have different politics. And by different politics, he's a Trumper and she's not a Trumper. Um, So they have this discussion after dinner and she brings it up and she's like, I've been thinking about dinner. And she said it got a little passionate because there was a whole political discussion at dinner. She's like, I didn't have many strong feelings up until recent events. And then recently she's been more involved. And he says he's glad that she brought it up. And basically it's one of those. He says he doesn't care about her politics. It's very Eric and Virginia Redux, isn't it? Very, very, very. And they talk about the industry that I'm in, the industry. This is lots of dancing around. But it's funny because... We usually give Math so much crap for not talking about politics, but this time they are. Yeah, I was very, very surprised about that. Also, what does Ryan do again? He's in oil and gas. Ah, gotcha. So, yeah, they have a conversation. They don't really get anywhere. They don't really disagree. There's, like, no passion at all in their conversations. It's just very dead. Yeah, very just flatlining. That's all I have for them. Thank God. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. It's almost like they're going to be dredging up content. Like, I mean, maybe we'll never get to the level of Christina and Henry where the producers are actually producing questions in the flashcard, but I, they're struggling. But they they're don't admit to it. Work. I'm sorry, what? They don't admit to it. I don't know. 
and I'm getting sick of the disconnect too. Like on one hand, oh, we have differences. We have this. And then the next month I'm falling in like with you or we're progressing. I like our pace. But then you both look clearly uncomfortable. I don't know. It's too much. But as Aid mentioned earlier, there was a group dinner. Let's talk about that dinner. First of all, I think Johnny was underdressed. Everyone had like a nice dress shirt and everything. And Johnny came in like a, a polo shirt. But again, they were on the beach, so we can forgive him. He didn't know. So they all cheers to drinks, and Jose FaceTimes Zach. Who couldn't be bothered to put a shirt on? Like, he was all out there with his bare chest, his chest hair and all. And they make fun of him uh, about that. And then they ask him how he's doing. He says physically he feels better, but mentally he feels he's affected. Michaela and doesn't want her to resent him for the rest of her life. Wasn't that dramatic? Very. <laughs> but when he says that, our darling Merla chimes in. She ain't missing much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like, I really like Merla. Like, I really like her for stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> So he kept going on. He's like, I couldn't ask for a better wife. She's been my rock. And they've also realized that, uh, no, I just realized that at this stage of the honeymoon, at least they all like each other. Like in previous seasons, by the honeymoon, things are, shit is hitting the fan. You know? Pregnancy. Just let let us never forget (laughs) there was pregnancy by this point of the honeymoon last year. That is true. So they're all talking about it, how hard, you know, the situation is. And Jose is all like, I mean, I think it's noble that she went back, but he would hope that Rachel would want to stay with him. Um, So they sit down at the table and prepare for dinner. Gil wastes no time in being a host and asks if they've ever had dinner on the beach. I don't. I don't know. I just thought it was like, I don't like small talk. I've said that before. So I'm just like, what does that add to the conversation? Have you had dinner on a beach? But then he switches over to the next question, which is what have they learned in the marriage process? Johnny mentions that, you know, he's learned communication, that, you know, they communicate well and they had a disagreement, but they talked about it. And because of that, they're better off with it. And, you know, Ryan, in a moment of honesty, was just like, you know, I appreciate you sharing that, that it's helpful, you know, for them. And the whole time he's saying that, Aid, I got to tell you, I was focused on Bao's hair. I just want to wash it. I just want to put it in a bucket, put some shampoo on it, because it just looks like it's limp and it needs a wash. I don't know if you saw it, but that's all I could focus on. When I saw the hair, because in the preview, this whole bathing thing, which I, we're going to get to. But when I saw the hair, I was like, hmm, we already heard she don't bathe, according to the preview. <laughs> and then this hair looks like this. I mean, I like I barely noticed what anybody was wearing or anything. But I did, like you, I noticed Val's hair. Yeah. So Johnny asked them, like, what is the hardest conversation that you've had to have? And Brett said... She's not good at asking questions. So they haven't talked about a lot of stuff. They haven't talked about money. They haven't talked about last names. They haven't talked about living arrangements. But she feels like that is normal within the timeline. And I want to pause here. This is part of the disconnect that I'm talking about. She's saying that they haven't talked about um, a lot of stuff. But I remember in the first dinner last episode, 
she did mention, or he did, that they have talked about a lot of stuff, and they had a <laughs> difficult conversation about intimacy, and I'm like, wh- where do you guys stand? Like, what is it? Which is it or not? Well, here's but, the um, thing. I think, you know, we see an edited part of dinner. So everything she listed is something that other couples have talked about. So I think when she heard what everybody else was talking about, she's like, wait a second. We, we haven't addressed any of those things. <laughs> True, but I don't know. But I agree with you. There's a disconnect. Because even in their conversation, she has been the one asking the questions. She made it a point to mention it. So uh, yeah, I should stop spending this much time on them. And then uh, Gil is like, "Oh, same here. We haven't talked about a lot of stuff. I have to disagree with him too. What do you mean?" And then Merla ch- chimed in. She's like, "Uh." We've talked about relationships. We've talked about last names. And then Gil has to backtrack and is like, oh, yeah, we've talked about that. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. I'm like, what are, what are you doing, son? <laughs> but you so, know, but he doesn't. When they kind of, like, Marilyn and Gil had that thing, that's when I could see why Marilyn and Gil might actually work. Because the way they were at at that dinner, it was like they had been married for a long time. <laughs> like a real husband and wife when they're at dinner together and he says something and she's like, you didn't say that. Like, did you see that? Yes, yes, yes. I see that. Except, like, I don't know if I'm warm and fuzzy about that, if I think it's cute, or if I think it's a foreshadowing. Okay. <laughs> That's the only thing. So, Gil does say that um, they haven't talked finance, but he's sure it's going to be difficult because Miss Ma'am over there. And I have to say, you know, anybody else, maybe I should just call Bao specifically, if that was Bao and the little jokes and digs that Gil says about Merla, like, you know, princess or whatever, they wouldn't take it as well as Merla does. And I appreciate her for that. Because I don't think Gil is trying to be malicious. And I think that Merla, as much as she is a diva, she's very good-natured. Yes. Yes. She is. At, at her core, she is. And that's why she and Gil, like, it's fine. Like, he could, he could say his stuff, and she's just like, oh, whatever. It's probably I true. <laughs> I know who I am. So um, Johnny asks, what happens if some of the things or some of the topics, you're on opposite ends and your thoughts about that? And then Gil tells us that his friend asked him, like, you know, what if, you're like say a democrat and you're basically you have different you believe in different parties or you support different parties like let's say you're a republican and she's a democrat and he says it won't be a deal breaker and i was just like abort 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 (laughs) stop (laughs) and merla again chimes in she's like um it would and then everyone's already like side-eyeing him like you could feel the collective side-eye He's like, it won't matter. It doesn't matter in a relationship, and he won't let that bother him. I'll just pause for you to to lay down your thoughts on this aid. What what was going through your mind? I don't know if I can say what was going through my mind because I was like, "Girl, stop talking nonsense. <laughs> it does matter." Why are uh, you? Why are you? Why, I, honestly, I was thinking, what kind of black man says it doesn't matter? That's exactly what makes me. <laughs> ridiculous is the fact that you're a black man living in america and you're saying that it 
doesn't matter and you will let it bother him. So then why the hell did you make that comment yesterday? I mean, I, well, I'm saying yesterday, like I'm with them at La Isla, but um, last episode where you told her not to be a Karen, like what, what do you think that all ties into? But um, yes, I was just not happy with Gil. So, you know, some people at the table are disagreeing with them. And then Gil starts going on about, oh, it's more about aligning with someone that passes the laws that benefit his career. And I was zoning out, but I was going to ask you, Aid, because, you know, you're the smart one. What is he referring to? What laws? He's a firefighter. What laws affected his career? When I heard him say it, I thought about there was something with the Houston firefighters and I couldn't remember if it was like a referendum or a vote or something. And it was like a thing with the mayor. And the the general thing was like the firefighters were mad at the mayor and it was, it was going to be this whole thing. And I think it was even part of the mayoral election. That was the only thing I could think of that he was talking about. But then I was like, is he talking about like Ryan and the oil and gas industry people who voted for Trump because something about oil and gas, I heard that from a few people. But honestly, I was just stuck on this idea that like, I really liked when Mirla was like, it's not about you. It's about we vote for the common good. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways. I agree. I agree. I didn't know what he was referring to. Uh, At first, I thought he was talking about because there are some people who say, oh, they vote the way they do because it affects, you know, their tax bracket. And this may be mean, but I'm like, you're a firefighter. You're not even making that much. So (laughs) where? It's not your tax bracket. Yeah. So it doesn't affect you (laughs) or whatever. But I mean, no shocker here. Ryan was agreeing with Gil, like nodding and pointing like, yep, yep, you're making a point. And I'm like, (laughs) all right. So Brett says that she and Ryan have different political beliefs, which they had to have talked about. So again, not sure what she means by they haven't talked about stuff. Um, But from what she knows of his background, she's worried that it will be a bigger problem with them. So Ryan tells us if they, I guess, a partner in a relationship care that much, then they're not for me. Again. (laughs) this is remember last when he when they when Brett asked him what is your deal breaker and he immediately latched onto her not wanting kids and it was like someone not wanting kids now all of a sudden because she's you know vocal about her beliefs and actually about that life all of a sudden this week if they care that much then they're not for me do you see where I'm going here with this yes he's dropping hints left and right that he is he's not into her <laughs> he just his reasons just happen to coincidentally be things that she's mentioned, but okay. So Merla keeps going, and Merla's like, listen, it is a deal breaker. And Rachel is like, Oh, what if it's your friend? And Rachel's like, Well, if it's my friends, like, you know, I can tolerate it. But if it's a spouse, no. And Merla's like, Nope, I'll get rid of my friends who vote for that. And that floored me and that killed me. And I'm like, Yes, girl, yes. <laughs> I know I'm just biased towards Mirla, like, (laughs) because she says the things that I would say sometimes, like in that moment. (laughs) And Gil is like, no, 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 no. See, that's just petty. I'm like, bruh. Bruh. (laughs) (laughs) When I see minorities, and, and again, 
vote for who you want to vote for, but you guys know where we stand. When I see minorities and Gil as a black man talking about, oh, your career or whatever, before you have to move past go, you have to be alive to have this career. So if you have things that are not benefiting your actual everyday life, why are you going all the way to income and tax brackets and all that kind of stuff, you know? So that's where I'm always baffled. We don't know why people think the way they do. Yeah. But, you know, Gil is a whole person. And while he's a black man, he's also an immigrant. And sometimes immigrants, I feel like, (laughs) even they can be here for a long time and just not quite understand the system they have entered into. That is an angle. That is an angle. But all that being said, I was just here in shock and awe that Maps and Lifetime was allowing this to air. Okay. They always, <laughs> like, they played it out in its entirety. I didn't even get the feeling of being edited. Like, I'm sure it was edited. I just mean, like, I didn't get that that feeling. Like, I feel like they're duping us or something. Like, they actually let it play out and let it air. And I'm like, you know what? Good on you guys, you know. I was in shock when they said Democrat and Republican. I was like, how many seasons (laughs) have we watched? How many seasons have we watched? And they've never let those words air. Never. But good for them. Progress, I guess. So, um, Brett says that she's logical and understands that in Texas, there are reasons. But if they were boyfriend and girlfriend, it will end it for her. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) Because it's basically the same thing that he said about the plane incident. (laughs) Oh, man. It's basically like, I don't know why these people put me with this person. But then Brett does the party line, which is like, well, if the experts say that this is the one, then I got to keep pushing forward. (laughs) I'm like, don't trust these damn experts, girl. Nope. Throwing darts in the dark. They don't. There's no deep reason. Um, so Gil says we're older and we don't vote emotionally. I don't I just want to be done with this. I don't <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. So Johnny makes a big production. He's like, you know, I have something to say, and everybody grab your drink, and they think like it's gonna be a toast, but then it's like a want want moment because he now asks, Has anyone consummated the marriage? And I'm like, we're still on this again. <laughs> and then they all say no, and everyone assumed and is surprised that Rachel and Jose haven't consummated their marriage, and we get, like, takes from all the other couples. Bao says they're very spicy, they're very touchy-feely, and we get, like, a Rachel-Jose PDA montage. So last week, I'm all like, I liked how affectionate they were, and we had, like, a listener make a comment that there's something just suspicious about the way they just get at each other. I didn't feel it until this montage. It Now it seemed forced. <laughs> And it just seemed weird. <laughs> I just so, kind of want to be like, leave them alone. If they want to be all over each other, you're, you, you, who every season is like, where's my PDA? You don't have any room to complain about these two. I'm not complaining. I'm just showing you what peer pressure and how social media can influence you. <laughs> I gave them like my bouquet. I was so happy. I'm like, I got my affection. And one person says, Oh, it's just weird the way they do it. And then I get a montage and I'm like, is it weird the way they do it? See? (laughs) No, but for the most part, I do like how affectionate they were. But I do think like during the montage, there was a moment where he was like grabbing her neck. 
I don't know what was happening there. So that was just kind of creeping me out a little bit. But yeah, overall, like for the most part, I like it. But um, Gil says that he's surprised that they haven't had sex. And he actually doesn't believe it. But if he says they haven't, he has to go by his word. <laughs> I don't blame him, though. <laughs> so it's funny uh, that they're wondering the first couple to consummate. And then, you know, they go back and forth between Johnny and Bao and and um, Rachel and Jose. But then Ryan, Mr. Ryan, pops up from nowhere and he's like, his guess is going to be Michaela and Zach, that he feels like having COVID by the time he goes back and they reunite, it's just going to make them stronger. But little do they know. I love how Ryan was right, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> it's like, you guessed correctly. When the bet comes out, you'll win the bet, but not because of what you thought it was. Happened before the COVID. Got a leg up. But yeah, that was all for... The dinner. So then we go on to Rachel and Jose. As mentioned, these two like to kiss a lot. So we see them get up in the morning, kiss, 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 kiss. Whole time you're thinking, have they brushed their teeth? Yes, they have, because this is like two hours after they actually woke up when the camera showed up. At least that's what mm -hmm. I'm going with. Jose says he planned something. And then we find out that it's a bike ride, but she's not sure she knows how to ride a bike. I very much identified with her. Because last summer, I was in the presence of some bicycles, and I was like, I don't think I know how to ride a bike. And I was told, like, it's so easy. You can totally do it. And I was really scared. Then I got on a bike, and, I was, and of course, I was clowned. It's like, this is why it's called, like, like riding a bike. <laughs> once you've done it once, you can do it 20 years later. And it's like, yeah, this is really easy. Um, so he, she says she doesn't know how to ride a bicycle. He's like, I can teach you. He'd like talked about how he was in a rollerblade store and he figured it out like really quickly because he picks up things so quickly. And they talk about how nice it would be if she could say, I learned to ride a bike on my honeymoon. And Jose says, my husband taught me how to ride a bike. So Rachel has a notepad and it seems to have questions in it, which I thought was funny because he was the one who had like 300 questions for his wife. And I guess she has a whole bunch, too. Another match. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so they have a conversation about what do you want to do before you have kids? And she says a dream trip of hers is she wants to go to Switzerland. And Jose, <laughs> I feel like his face is very readable. Because you can see the panic, <laughs> but also the man who's like trying to make this marriage work. So not like letting the panic out outwardly. So he's just like, yeah, you know, it's a lot of money. And he wants to learn and grow. And if we want to prep for kids, maybe we should think smaller like Vegas or New York. And Rachel says that she took a trip every month and a big trip every two years. So to find out that he might not be on board with them going to Switzerland, she's like not quite sure. And they need to find a happy medium. And then I don't know if she actually said this or if they cut this in, but she said something like, we need to have a conversation about joint accounts. I was like, that seems non sequitur-ish, but okay. What did you think of the vacation chat? I just wasn't sure what I thought about it because I could see both sides. Like, I understand living your life, but at the same time, if you can't afford it, if you think about what she said last time, I just want to go somewhere, so I charged it to my credit card. Maybe it's not for you. I just, you know, so, and I also see the panic because I'm one of those people, like I said, I'm similar to Jose in that 
finances, all that kind of stuff. I'm not frugal, but when she said the Switzerland thing, I completely related. Panic, calculation, this account, that account, dollar signs, but you also have to live life because life is short. So what do you do? Basically, I ended up with no, no, I didn't know where I stood <laughs> with both of them. But I also thought that the, you know, the transition to joint accounts, I think it, 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 there, was a, there was a correlation from the travel to that. Because if, if his concern is about the money and you have to go somewhere cheaper, then she's reminded of the conversation that we had that he'll pay for everything and she can just draw from that. So if she wants to pay for her part of the vacation, is that where I get the money from? Whatever is left over from the joint account? You know, at least that's how I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, I was Team Jose in the sense that, like, if someone told me that when they wanted to go to Europe, they just put it on a credit card and we didn't really hear <laughs> if that credit card was paid off. I'd be panicking, too, if they're like, I want to go to Switzerland. Do you know how expensive Switzerland is? I've very, never been. But every time very. I say I want to go to Switzerland, everybody's like, oh, it's so expensive. <laughs> yeah, very expensive. Oh, did you find that or do you find in general that the women on maps definitely seem to travel more than the men. The men don't seem too keen on it. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but you're right. They, there always is like the woman who travels everywhere and the man who goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I've not been there. Or like he said, let's go to New York or Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> not mocking. No, it's just that. You go from Switzerland and someone suggests, oh, as a substitute, let's go to New York. Like, there's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Having, I've talked to a lot of people and I figured out that, yeah, going to Europe is expensive. But I'll, like, talk to people who, like, go to, like, New York, Disney World, and Vegas in a year. And I'm like, you know, you could go to Europe if you just skip those three trips. You know what I mean? Like... I think sometimes people get their idea, like, if they never research it or look it up, that just going to Europe is the most expensive thing ever. But it's it's not. Yeah. And you can make it affordable. Because the life hack for me, if I go to Europe, is, like, knocking out multiple countries. Because it's, like, accessible. You could just get on a train and then go to another country and then get that experience and go right back and without having to buy two plane tickets for two different countries. So it's it's doable. Actually, every time I see them fight about these things on maps, it's quite annoying because they make it seem like you just said, like it's so expensive, but there are hacks and there are things around it. I remember when I went to Amsterdam, I was just doing like a random search and I found a ticket that was less than $500 and that's going to Europe. So it's not like this whole break your account, die, and you'll be poor forever. And I I will throw in the caveat that, like, when you're not on a school schedule, when you're, like, single or if it's just a couple, Europe is much more affordable than, like, oh, for a family of four. Or if you have to go when school is out, it gets more expensive. But, yeah. If anybody is listening and they're thinking about going to Europe, you get on you some Scotch cheap flight and find you a cheap flight to Europe after you get vaccinated because they won't let you in otherwise. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so back to Rachel and Jose. They go bike riding. They're kind of riding around in like a very small space. I didn't really get that. She totally did it. He says he's proud. She says stopping is hard. Correct. Um, and he tells us in an interview that, that he thinks he could get to the love stage 
really soon. So they sit down and they have a chat and she thanks him for being patient. I really actually liked this conversation. She tells him that he boosts her confidence. And she says, she says, you know, I'm not supposed to talk about exes, but my ex would make me feel bad about myself. And you don't do that. Like you encourage me and you boost me and you make me feel better about who I am. And I thought that like, this is the type of stuff where I'm like, oh, Rachel and Jose are going to be fine because that's a really big thing to have. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. And the fact that she's appreciating it and then letting him know also, considering that Jose seems like someone who likes that validation. Mm-hmm. She says that she thinks that they're headed in the right direction, but they still have to live together. And they're like, you know, we're leaving paradise. Work comes into play. And she says a Spanish phrase for a kept woman. And she says that that makes her cringe. So they have another <laughs> finance score where Jose says he has a near perfect credit score. Do you want to know what it is? She didn't seem that enthused to know what it is, but he was real enthused to tell her. <laughs> it's 815. That's so impressive. For someone who, like I said, I'm very gung-ho about finances. I'm always chasing that credit score. I was really impressed. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> the man, anyway. <laughs> if you see her on TV and tell me how great you are with money, I would expect you to have a credit score that is that high. Why you would feel the need to run around telling people, I do not know. And I it's still- in his DNA. I will die on this hill that those investments he was looking at last week were intentional. Jose wants to tell her and by extension, all of us, how much money he has, how great he is with money. It is a central defining characteristic, but I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he has Napoleon syndrome, you know, that I don't know if it applies to him, but I'm assigning it to him. If you don't know what a Napoleon syndrome is, it's, Something that the stereotype is that short people always feel like they have something to prove. So they go, only short men, not short women. Oh, short men. Thank you for that. (laughs) But I don't think it's true. Anyway, not for all men. Okay. Not all men. I mean, everything isn't all just like, that's why it's a stereotype. Just like a generalization. I think it's true. (laughs) For all men or for Jose? If I say all men, he's included. No, I'm just oh. kidding. But no, I think it's true for Jose. I okay. think Jose just feels like he always has something to prove. That's why he's always going on and on about whatever it is. I pick things up really fast. That annoyed me more than the credit score. Like, anybody asked you, boo? Hey, um, she asked him, did you ask for someone who, like, had the same financial, like, picture as you? And he <laughs> said... He wanted someone who was on his level. I don't know if that means, yes, I did ask for someone. But even if he did, I do feel, as much as I give him crap, I think he's doing pretty good with looking for ways to compromise about this instead of just being like, oh, you're not as great with money as I am? I'm done. Yes, I agree. He's applying a lot of wisdom and knowing when to pull back and when to, you know, he's still learning, but yeah. She thanks him for letting her do something. And he said, you were kind of doing it wrong. But he said that he's learning to pull back and let her be the independent woman. And he said that she's classy, simple, humbled, educated, takes care of herself and worked out. And he just thinks she's great. 
Then they go on to talk about physical intimacy is the elephant in the room. Sometimes these people have conversations that just confuse me. (laughs) In the sense that, like, I guess they were saying that they haven't talked about physical intimacy. So they Mm -hmm. talk about how they're affectionate. But I'm like, didn't you guys talk about it at dinner last night with the whole group? Um, So then she talks about how what if it's the area where they don't click? And how important is it to you? I was like, what kind of question is that? Jose says that it's very, 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 I counted how many berries, important. And Rachel says, we've evolved so much and so fast. And if physical intimacy doesn't begin months from now, that's a problem. Jose says that she's look, she might be looking at it wrong. And she says, if the strong connection continues and we don't consummate, she'd be concerned. And then, this is where I'm like, editing, editing, Jose says... He has to have boxes checked or it's not happening. I was like, I think he's talking about something else, not about this. Yeah. (laughs) And and then they talk about living together. She asks if he's a minimalist. She says she has hoarding tendencies. And once again, she's asking for help. I think I'm a little bit tired of Rachel asking for help. Hmm. Interesting. Because I was just going to say, like, she's holding a little too tight. Like, again, she should be independent. But I always feel like she holds a little too tight with that. Because I think she made a comment earlier in some scene that it's embarrassing for her to ask for help from him. But I think that she's not saying it in a way to ask for help. She's saying it in a way to be like, be prepared. This is something that you might want that I don't have. And then she she pulls, go ahead. But then she sets it up to be like, and maybe you can help me fix this. Which, I mean, she's not asking him to fix her. But I just feel like this happens with the money and the hoarding and the... Anyway. Does Rachel ever just say, this is who I am and it's not going to change? I guess she's a person who actually wants to be married. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Jose, (laughs) level-headed. He's going to focus on her and marriage, not all her stuff and my stuff. And then they make a joke about the honeymoon being over. Which it isn't, because they still have another day or so. So that was it for Rachel and Jose. Anything else? Yeah, I I was as confused as you were about that conversation about the physical intimacy, but it wasn't till the end that it took me a minute to realize that Rachel was basically telling Jose, like, why are we not having sex? I'm ready. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, because I was like, I was so confused. (laughs) Yeah, because I was like, what are they talking about? Like, what is this coming? a, a little part of me was with Gil. I'm like, please, they're fucking and they're just lying. But then they had that conversation and I'm like, oh, Rachel is like, get to it, Jose. Because he now says, you know, the emotional, we have to have the foundation, we have to take our time. And I'm like, oh, they haven't had sex because of him. So, yeah. This yeah. all makes sense now. now. And then we all have to wonder, why are they not having sex? Why is he kissing her in public all the time he doesn't want to have sex? Anyway. Yeah, that's to prove. So he's trying to be the best couple out there, but he's scared. I'm just kidding, guys. I don't know. He might really want to be. I, I think they're fine. I think just, like, where we're giving kudos to Jose for recognizing when to allow her. Like, he's big on the pro- the providing, and, you know, she's not comfortable with it. So he's learning how to let. Because in that part where he was pouring the wine, he said, ordinarily, 
I would pour the wine for you, but you want to, so I'll let you do it. I think it has to be a give and take. And I think Rachel, and I completely get it. You're single and you're in your 30s and you want to be independent. It's kind of hard, you know, to just let someone, you know, come into your life and fit them in in some way. But she kind of has to not hold on so tight to it, you know, like find a way. There's a compromise to it. I'm not saying like give him your account and let him, you know, control you, but, you know, allow him, make room for him and make space for him and give and take just like he is. All right. So on to Mirla and Gil, who I would count as the most entertaining couple this this episode, actually. Um, (laughs) Or maybe they're in competition with Balanchani. Anyway. Okay. So we wake up. Mirla says he talks in his sleep. She said she was wide awake so she could hear him talking this time. He says no one has told him that he talks in his sleep and he sleeps with a lot of people. And I was like, feel that doesn't sound right, but he's a firefighter who does 24-hour shifts. So he means he sleeps at the firehouse, I assume. I assume. They laugh about it and then they have the last name discussion. They continue it. So she says she likes her last name. He says he feels like she should take her husband's last name. He asks for a hyphen. And he he says, you're Mexican. You should, like, understand that. And I think some parts of Mexico do the hyphen and other parts don't. And she says she's not that aspect of a Mexican. No one in her immediate family has done that. He, in an interview, he says that he thought compromise would be easy. I'm like, I don't know why you thought that, bro. I literally had that note. Like, what the hell? Compromise literally means making a concession. Like, why would you think? (laughs) Um, She Uh, says, we're back to the two of them. And she says, the last name is in remembrance of her father. And he's like, now you're going to make me the bad guy trying to take away the last name of your dead father. It was a very good natured discussion. (laughs) Like, it could have been bad, but it wasn't. Yeah. I do wonder how it's going to end, but Mirla doesn't seem that into compromise on this last name thing. I think she just wants to keep her name, but we'll see. Yeah. She didn't even seem phased. She's just like, keep talking. At the end of the day, I'm going to do what I want to do, but please continue. (laughs) I'll entertain you. (sighs) So they're walking on the beach or they're walking on something with sand. I don't know if it's a beach. And I swear these people are just trying to catch Mirla in complaints at this point. So she takes off her flip-flops because she doesn't want sand in the flip-flops. And they sit down under this, like, I don't know what that thing is. A, it's not a cabana. It's a thing with a cover. I, I just call it a beach chair or a lawn chair or whatever it's called. A giant beach chair for sharing with a cover. That's what I'll call it. Or the cabana type of I wanted to say... <laughs> I wanted to say cabana, but I was like, that's not nice enough to be a cabana. You got to have like the overhead where it almost looks like a bed. That's what I think of when I think cabana. All the same, Merla. (laughs) (laughs) So a waiter comes by with ice cream and Mirla is like asking if it's vegan. And Gil is just like, why is she like this? And then he's like, yes, it's vegan because he knows that she doesn't do dairy. And then she starts eating the vegan chocolate ice cream. And she says it's a little too chocolatey because this is Mirla. <laughs> Gil is just like, how did you become you? And this like, <laughs> I think Gil is truly fascinated with Mirla because he's never met anybody like her before. And he's an inquisitive guy. So instead of being like, why, like, 
he's very much why are you like this in a very non-negative way instead of like why are you like this yeah and she i'm truly i'm truly glad merla is merla because like i mentioned earlier anyone else would just be offended by the the questions that he asks (laughs) so she talks about growing up poor that there were five of us in like a 300 square foot you know just space and that she wants so much more for her kids. And they talk about like him being poor too. He said, yeah, we were poor, but we had everything we needed. We always had food. And Marilyn said, yeah, it was the same thing. But she said, but you know, I wanted to go shopping, but I couldn't. And he's like, oh, so you were born with this. Like this. <laughs> he calls born her this a diva. baby. And he calls her a diva. And she's like, oh, I like the word diva. Amazing. <laughs> She didn't choose the diva life. The diva life chose her. <laughs> um, they talk about kids. Gil was raised as an only child, but he does have siblings. He wants eight or seven kids. I noticed he said eight or seven, not seven or eight. And she calls for the divorce check, which she needs to stop making that joke. But she'd be like, divorce check, please. She did it during dinner, too. Yes. He says, oh, you don't have to give birth to all of them. We could just have one or two, and then we can adopt a few more. And Mila says she's not open to adoption. And Gil says that mm. sounds evil. All these kids who need a loving home. I honestly thought that was really sweet of Gil. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, I it's, so it's a, it's um, I think it's a good, I don't know if good is the right word. No, it's a good way of thinking. Like, it's just like, I, I, I get what you're saying. Mila says in an, inter- in an interview that she would, only consider adoption if they had exhausted all other aspects of fertility. And we go back to them talking and she just wants her kids to have a nice life. And she asks him if he has a trust fund. <laughs> and he's like, no. But before he says no, the music, the lyrics to this music was shots fired. <laughs> did you it see was. that? Yes, it did. I wrote it down. Listen, Aid, I gotta tell you, I am now officially impressed by your noticing skills now. <laughs> I'm like, should I be insulted or complimented? I really don't know. <laughs> and they just kind of end the conversation there that they're like, Mirla's not having no seven or eight kids. And you know, you should never say you want seven or eight kids until you had the first two at least before you start talking about multiples. That is true. True. But I think the best thing about Merla is Merla recognizes, like, I'm not going to fight with you about this. Like, you say what you want, fine. At the end of the day, (laughs) we'll see what happens. So she just always lets things go. They are very cute in their own way. Yes. Yes. They're the definition of, you don't have to fit any mold, like, making it your own. I I really look forward to seeing where this goes. (laughs) So Mirla gets Gil this huge platter of chocolate chip cookies, which is a reference to what he said when he got her her macarons. And he comes in and he's happy. And there's one that's huge. It's like the size of her face. And he said, this is like flowers. And then he says cookies. And I didn't know what it was, but it was champagne or whatever is almost for play. (laughs) So they talk about, he says, I think in an interview, they haven't kissed yet, but her actions are going beyond the things that she says. 
Um, a platter of chocolate chip cookies reiterates to him that she wants this and the kiss might be coming sooner rather than later. And they talk about moving in together and she talks about wanting to create a home for them because that's where they'll live every day. And I was like, that's so cute. <laughs> then <laughs> it's the dock. She just, she's mirrorless. So she's like, I'm not doing walks and I'm not doing poop. And he's like, my dog's name is Hype. His dog is a part of him. And he's very disappointed that she won't walk his dog. Gil's like, I work two 24-hour shifts in a week. She says, we'll get a dog walker. He's like, I have a dog walker, but why would I have a dog walker when we live together and you're not working 24 hours and you're an able-bodied person that can walk the dog? It's a waste of money. She's like, no, it's not a waste of money. She's like, I don't want a dog because I don't want that re- that responsibility is being forced upon her. And he says it doesn't sit um, well with him at, ho- at all. And it makes it hard for him to get to know her further. That was very annoying because I almost <laughs> feel like it was emotional blackmail. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you, like, I don't know if it was emotional blackmail, but it's just when the dog and the non-dog people, they have, they cannot put these people together. People think of the dog as part of the family. And for her to just be like, I'm not dealing with that dog. I'm on Team Merla because I'm not dealing with that dog. But I can see why Gil is like, that's my dog, homie. Well, the way I look at it is like, if you you married a wife, not a dog walker. So yes, I get it as able-bodied, but you also married a stranger. This is where it counts to say, I married a stranger. Especially if she asked that she didn't want dogs, or she didn't want dogs in her life. If she wasn't in your life, you would have paid the dog walker. So why all of a sudden is it a waste of money? That's the part I don't get. I mean, as much as I don't like dogs and I don't want to deal with a dog, I do understand that if you're home and the dog owner isn't there, you can take the dog on a walk, pick up the poop, and just call it done. Would I ever? No. (laughs) But I didn't go on married (laughs) at first sight. Exactly. Like, I think that comes after time when they're all settled and they feel married or whatever. But if I just met you five days ago and we're moving in and all of a sudden I'm supposed to walk the dog and clean the poop when, again, I specifically said I don't like dogs. That's where I think uh, you're going to have to wait and bide your time and broach it after you settled into the marriage. Now, if she was a dog lover and, you know, she liked dogs or didn't mind dogs, not scared of dogs. I think I would approach it differently, but it's something that was a thing for her. So that, that's why I'm like, you can't foist it on her yet, I guess. I will say this. I think Marilla's going to end up walking that dog. <laughs> <laughs> so they talk about, they get up their last morning, I think. Yeah, it was their last morning of the, the honeymoon. And he talks about running errands and he's like, yeah, I have to go do all the things that apparently you just pay people to do. And, and in between that, he's going to knit a quilt. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Because he still hasn't, you sew a quilt, you knit a blanket. Okay. So I noticed when they were eating (laughs) breakfast, some, oh, someone on Reddit went and found the breakfast menu for this resort. (laughs) Wow. And there was one breakfast menu without protein and there was one breakfast menu with protein and the one with protein was a little bit more expensive and they were like, how dare Lifetime be so cheap as to provide the breakfast that didn't have the protein. But Lifetime got it together and by the last day, Mirla's breakfast had protein. 
I'm happy for her. She also had different pajamas on. Oh, good for her. I didn't even notice. <laughs> Gil, I don't know. This is another one of those Gil and Marilla conversations that you're like, what's the point? Gil says he feels like in a movie. Marilla's like, it doesn't feel like that. He thinks living together is going to be easy. I don't know how this man comes in with such a positive attitude, but okay, good luck with that. Wait, and I just, I that was funny because he said, it feels like it's in a movie. And Merla's like, it does? <laughs> and I'm like, you do have a camera crew following you, so it's not crazy to feel like you're in a movie. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. So... The group go out on a boat trip together and they get on the boat and I'm surprised that Brett is not freaking out, but she's not. And they play, uh, they, they decide to play Never Have I Ever. And they have a bunch of things and someone mentioned stuff. Some of them were, th- the rule of the game is, I always get confused about this. If you have done it, you drink. So they said, have you ever had, never have I ever had a one night stand and bow and Ryan drink. Never have I ever cheated and Rachel and Merla drink. And that was, I guess I was surprised that Merla had cheated. And Merla was like, get over it when Gil was like, what you have? But but it also seemed like um, Merla said, oh, you know. So she had already talked to him about it. I was like, this is, Merla and Gil are having good conversations then. If he, she's already told him about the time she cheated on someone. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't catch that, but good for them. Um, but for Jose, it was a trigger for him. He just went off and took it many levels, saying cheaters are selfish, and his dad cheated on his mom, and he doesn't understand why you would put someone through that. And then for a brief second, I wondered if the person he cheated with was his stepmom, but I don't know. I, I wanted that though. too. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it though. But um, yeah, so then they all decide to go paddle boarding. And as Bao tells us that one of the things she likes about Johnny is that he's adventurous. Brett, Rachel, and Merla do not participate and they stay on the boat. So as they're, you know, feeling it out and getting their sea legs, Johnny loses his way. I don't even know how, but he went far, far, far away from the boat and he falls into the water and as far as I'm concerned maybe it was just editing they were just staring at him and I'm like (laughs) is anybody gonna do anything their guide was just there staring into the sunset saying grab the board (laughs) I mean I was most annoyed with the guide I was like so let me get this straight if you're out there with this guide you're probably gonna die because she's not gonna do anything (laughs) yeah there wasn't even a run around call someone she just stood there um, Ryan, you know, to be fair, is like, you know, I could get him, but I just need a board. But somehow Johnny makes it back um, and he comes back to the boat. And, you know, Bao was freaked out a little bit. And then she tells them that, you know, um, eventually they all sit down and they're all chilling afterwards. And Bao tells them that she's appreciative of them. They split the guys on one end and the ladies on one end. And then Rachel mentions that, you know, she's struggling with like her keeping her, maintaining her independence. And then with Brett, she says that she's used to being the caretaker, but Ryan doesn't let her do anything. So she doesn't know her role within this marriage. What did you think of that? Um, my, 
initial thought is this is going to sound really bad, but the fact that he won't let her do anything is actually a really negative sign to me. <laughs> I understand there's the whole like being a gentleman and taking care of stuff. But from my perspective, I don't like people doing stuff for me when, when I don't like, if I don't want to owe them. And I wonder if he doesn't yeah. let her do anything because he doesn't want her to owe, owe, owe him. Is that so right? Yeah. 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 I get it. Like, listen, you're not going to accuse me of leading you on. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Um, our girl Merla, she's like, I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, listen, it's also the honeymoon. Like, you can figure it out when you're home. Let them take care of everything. So, <laughs> And you have to wonder, like, this is a honeymoon, but this is the dating stage, really. So you have yeah. to wonder, all this, like, oh, my man doesn't let me do anything. How long is that going to last? It might last forever. It could, it could, or not. Or not. Two chair, two two options. But Bao goes on to mention, like, oh, like this is really good for them. Like, if you're under dating apps, you find yourself, you know, focused on the shallow things. Like, you want someone that's tall and someone that's good looking. I don't know if this was shade or, but you know, the husbands that they got are checking deeper boxes. And that's when Brett says, like, yeah, that she agrees with that. Like, you know, she might wonder why she was matched with Ryan. But if the experts put them that even though they have differences and the experts put them together, that there has to be a deeper reason for it. And that was pretty much it for the group boating. I was surprised they didn't have like a get together with the guys talking. Hmm. Did this honeymoon feel really short? Like, I feel like this was like a three day honeymoon. It did, but on, honestly, any any day longer and I would have lost it. It's good. Go back home. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, the last... Vegas was a shit show, but we were distracted because of the whole baby, Chris, and the ATV and all that. But the last Hotel Excar, there was a lot of activities. That's true. But it seemed like it was limited here. Like, there's only so much you could do. There's only so many sunsets. We saw them chat on the beach a hundred times. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah So on to our final couple Johnny and Bao They still have a pillow fort And they're having their morning Coffee and Bao brings up Her conversation from the previous night And thanks him for listening And she also says that she hopes that he understands Even if it's not a problem that he Personally understands Bao tells us That it's hard That as a woman People don't expect you to snore. And even though she's been told that it's cute, it's not especially... <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm officially tired of listening to this woman talk about snoring. Like, my sympathy ran out last episode. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, she's been told that it's cute. It's not especially if you've lived a life being bullied about it. And Johnny tells her that he's not going to lie, that when she first brought it up, he thought she was kidding and thought that it was an overreaction. And it makes him wonder, are we going to have arguments about stuff like this all the time? And I got to tell you that I'm not being insensitive to Bao's um, insecurity, but I'm, I'm, I'm with Johnny on this. Like, we all go through things in life. Like, I really feel like we're all bullied at some point in our lives about something. And when she says that she's being bullied about, lived a life being bullied, 
I don't when you get to being an adult, I don't know if she was bullied about it in her adulthood. Like it's just there comes a point where you just kind of have to manage it. And I don't know that it's something that I would have brought up to Johnny. Let me put it that way. Because okay. I realize there's certain things that trigger me that I can understand that it's my personal thing or whatever. So it's up to me to manage that. But you can't bring up every single issue that you have with your partner or else you're just going to spend a lifetime because you are different people. So you're just going to spend your whole time going over, you know, things. I, I don't know. That's my thought process in that. Okay. So Bao, um, when he says that we're going to have arguments about stuff like this and Bao chimes in, she's like, you know, things that uh, petty things to you. And then she's like, I know I could tell that you thought, you know, it wasn't that serious. So Johnny says that he thinks they deal with things differently in how they deal with insecurities. And Bao says, I'm hoping that you understand where I'm coming from. And Johnny's like, mm hmm. And this just raised that fear that I have from beginning about the relationship that I hope it's not one where it's all about catering to only Bao's feelings. Okay. So Johnny tells us that if he was just dating Bao and not married, that this would be a red flag and he'd be back on the dating apps. But he thinks that this is good because there are no options, no apps, and where his gut instinct would say run, his ring is saying stick it out, dude, and figure it out. I think that's wise of him johnny asks bao what level she thinks they're on and she says that she moves slow emotionally and past relationships physical happened really fast and happened first johnny asks her why she thinks that it was that way and she says because for her physical intimacy is easy like attraction physical or sexual attraction comes quickly and you can see johnny's eyes like is that so <laughs> but I got I agree with Bao here. Like I never understand when people are just like complicated. Like, I don't know, attraction has to grow. I always think like attraction is like an immediate, are you attracted or not? Like what you do with the attraction is a whole different thing. But I don't think it's that complicated. You see something. Do you like it? Do you want it? Do you want to jump on it? And that's it. But I don't know. Your loins either tingle or they don't. But she said her loins tingle. She said it, right? <laughs> yes, she did. She did. So, okay. she, but she, no, I, I mean, in terms of like the reason she's like, that part comes easy. Like that's not difficult for her. She knows what to do with that, but it's the emotional that's harder. So she's trying to get that settled first and work on that first and, and change the pattern. And she does tell him like, you know, I'm very attracted to you and you're very handsome. And Johnny's just blushing like a high school. He's like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And then she tells him that, you know, I, she's had a crush on him for a long time. And Johnny's like, you never told me. And then Bao is like, because I'm a coward. And then Johnny's like, maybe I'm a coward also. But if you had told me, I would have said I liked you too. And Johnny asked where she thinks they'd be if they had gone there. And would they have a couple of kids by now? Bao makes a weird face says maybe and then we hear dj scratch music like <laughs> and then commercial <laughs> the way you're tired of the whole snoring thing i'm sick and tired of them wondering what could have been because honestly i believe that they wouldn't have been together so they need to stop correct so we see them in a hammock and for all their talk of 
about not liking being touched. She's telling Johnny, come, come in, come stay with me. And then Johnny tells us that, you know, he's the kind of person who immediately wants to resolve a conflict, move on. And with this morning's conversation, he wasn't entirely honest with her. And that he feels guilty about that because if he's expecting her to put herself out there, he needs to reciprocate and, in fact, be proactive about it. So Johnny tells her that it seems like when they're in moments where it's just two of them, that she doesn't seem like she's 100% there. I got to tell you, Aid, I, I didn't know where that came from. I, I wasn't understanding. Left field. <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah. I'm it feels like, like he invented something. It seemed, but then again, I can't, the one nagging feeling, like, again, maps and his editing, par for course. But this season especially, it just always seems like they're giving us bits and pieces or keeping stuff from us. Like, did something happen that we missed? Because... She understood where he was coming from. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so he tells her that she's never that she's never 100 percent in the moment because she's either in the past or worried about a detail in the present, and that's not where he's at. And it's something that he felt from the night before. Um, we can see Bao's face show expressions just kind of changing, but then Johnny continues that he doesn't want to lie to her. But he had a fight or flight moment about their conversation and he started having doubts about them and he doesn't want to scare her. But this is the point where he starts thinking, is this for me? I did not think this was necessary to tell her. Have your fight or flight moment in your head, dude. And it's a weird little whiplash to go from like, let me plan a whole peach picnic to tell you I like you. To not even 24 hours later be like, oh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be here. Like, yeah, that just didn't. It's odd. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's why I'm like, did we miss something? Because not computing. So Bao says, like, yes, I saw it in your eyes. But for her, it was disappointing, too, because she felt judged. And I'm like, me, 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 me. It's just about Bao. And she continues that it's all new for her. Breaking news, Bao. It's new for everyone. And she's trying so hard, but she doesn't know that it shows. She tells us that she does have a tendency to overthink things, and sometimes it gets her in trouble, and in the past it has. But the one thing about Johnny that makes her feel reassured that this won't be a problem is that he's very straightforward, and it helps her a lot. And if he's bothered by something, he tells her. Johnny says this honeymoon is their first chance at getting things off on the right foot. And so he asked her that just for the week while they're here, that can they focus on each other and get the strongest possible start? I don't quite get it, but if it helps them, you know, get on board, Bao. Let's do this. This whole time they're holding, they're touching, they're rubbing in each other's arms. So the next thing we see is that they go on a boat ride and Bao says that she's grateful that he was open with her. And what I thought was a boat ride was not a boat ride because they are, in fact, going parasailing. And they make it up into the air and then they kiss each other midair. And it was just cute. Like, Bao just really seemed really happy that she was doing this with Johnny. That whole thing was amazing. I, I was like, I want to go parasailing. That looks so fun. <laughs> I'm scared of heights. 
But I always do things to check it off the box. <laughs> I went parasailing, went up to the sky, and I was convinced I was going to die. Closed my eyes and waited to die the entire time. <laughs> the worst that can happen is you hit the water. Okay. There might be manatees there waiting to kill me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so Johnny tells us that, you know, she's living in the present and he's enjoying it. Bao says they couldn't have been a better person to do this with than Johnny. Johnny says doing this risky thing and it being a success makes them feel like they can tackle anything. Look at what parasailing does for a relationship. But then one thing he's been thinking about is how they move in together after the honeymoon. And I'm like, what happened to living in the present? Exactly. <laughs> this, I was like, what? I feel like we just had a conversation about living in the moment. And now we're talking about the future, which is the opposite of living in the moment. Now, granted, I'm sure they were told that they need to have a conversation about living together. <laughs> yeah. But I was just, I was really actually very annoyed. Yes, I, I agree. There was just such a disconnect. So Johnny tells her that, or us, that he hasn't lived with anyone in eight years and he's particular and he's worried that is her neat the same thing as his neat? <laughs> Definite no, brother. And she thinks that, uh, Bao says that she thinks it'll be different and it'll be a challenge. Back at the room, he brings up moving in again. And she mentions how, you know, they're older now and the older you get, you are less flexible. And her fear is that he sees things that he doesn't like. For example, she has noticed that he showers multiple times a day. But she has gone weeks in the past where she has not showered that much within that time frame as much as he has in a day. She said one week, At okay, not weeks. Oh, I heard weeks, to be honest. <laughs> she didn't say one week. She said weeks. <laughs> But then she caveats that with saying, like, there's been times that she's been sad. And I felt like it was, I don't know. I don't know if it was that she couldn't just come right out to say depression. So I don't want to ascribe that to her. She, her words exactly were, there were times that she's been sad. Where those were the times where she hasn't showered that much. But she showers, but on the base level, she showers once a day. So I feel like the preview made it worse than it actually really was. I went through a roller coaster ride because based on the preview, I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> but then once she said showers yeah. once a day, I was like, see, these people set you up to fail. But then it continued. Yeah. And there are times that she comes home and she doesn't shower and she doesn't want to, him to think that she's gross. So Johnny's like, listen, I'm not that bad. Like, you know, that's fine. But all he asks is that like, if she works out, she comes back and she's sweaty. Don't bring that to the bed again. Fair for a normal person. Instead, <laughs> Bo is still trying to compromise. And it's like, Oh, what if I come back from working out and I'm sweaty and I don't want to shower? What the fuck? <laughs> Bow, that's not an option among civilized people. Oh my God. Just put on your bathing suits and jump in the shower. And she's like, oh, what if uh, it's a compromise? I don't bring it to the bed, but I pass out on the couch. Why, Bow? It's just on a personal level, it's just gross. Why would you even want to do that? Poor Johnny. She, she also Johnny. mentioned something about some days she comes home and she doesn't even take off her clothes before getting into bed. And I said, you, you can't bring your outside clothes onto the bed. What are you saying? 
we are still in a pandemic when they're shooting people. So it's not even like, you know, it's pre-pandemic. But either way, how tired are you that you can't take off your clothes? Sleeping your underwear at least. At least. So Johnny tells us that, you know, their differences are differences that are actually important to him. I think that was editing. Um, but Johnny tells her he... But I, I think they're going to discuss this later because I don't even know if they compromise. Johnny's facial expressions said it all. Like, lady, you're crazy. Like, this is just <laughs> impossible. So um, he's like... I think he said, like, if you can't get... Uh, if you can't... Instead of passing out on the couch, why don't you just change the sheet? all the time and then bow is still like i don't want to and i'm like you know what <laughs> i don't know where they go from here so johnny switches gears and tells her that you know he spoke to his dad and his dad asked him like did you get married and he goes yes and then he asked is she asian and then he goes great and then he said something in chinese um I don't know if we cleared this up eight because you remember we thought they were Vietnamese, but then he kept saying that they were speaking Chinese. I think Johnny's so half Chinese. Know? I think his dad is Chinese oh. and his mom is Vietnamese. Okay, gotcha. Okay. That's what I guessed so from this episode, by the way. Not that I have no source for that. But the fact that he was speaking oh, okay. Chinese to his dad, but Vietnamese to his mom, and we've had some Chinese traditions, I was like, this all makes sense now. And he said, is she oh. Asian? Not as she Vietnamese. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, he's probably Chinese. Okay. So he says that he said a phrase in Chinese that literally translates to release heart, which means like relieves. Like, so I guess he's relieved that, you know, she was Asian. And at the end, his dad told him that he's happy for him. So Bao is, you know, happy for him. And I was like, oh, I'm so happy for you. They kiss, but at some point, Bao starts laughing. And I don't know why she laughed, but. I don't I didn't like that. But Johnny says that he and Bao aren't always on the same page and it'll be a challenge to move in together, but the key is to get in her head and see things from her point of view. Johnny also thinks that, you know, things will be different when they get back to Houston, but Bao tells us that she is looking forward to it. And that's all I got for them. I can't get over Bao in the bathing. Like, girl, you need to shower. But I do kind of wish, and, and this is the thing, they're on vacation, right? So they're doing all these things. You have to shower more on vacation, like, because you're going in the water and you're going swimming. Like, that means you have to take another shower, bow. And I don't think she has been based on this conversation. I feel like she has. Because she did say on a base level once a day. So maybe she just hasn't worked out. Because remember, she brought it up. He didn't. And I think that if she wasn't showering, oh, trust and believe, Johnny will bring it up. <laughs> but then it also begs the question, like, why did you guys bother to have this conversation? But clearly it must have been an issue. Like, I feel like the only reason they had the conversation is because the issue had come up. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Maps you never know, so. There'll be more to come about the showering next week. <laughs> so, Aid, who has your bouquet for the week? My bouquet went to Merla. Gil kind of gets it by association. But I just feel like Merla really accepts herself for who she is. And she does not take any offense at Gil making fun of her. Because she knows she deserves it a little bit, a lot, maybe. <laughs> but I just found her very entertaining this week. Who has yours? My bouquet also goes to Merla. 
I gave it to Merla because she was true to herself. She has a sense of humor and she piped in when she had to do what she had to do. Who has your burnt ashes? Johnny and Bao together. Oh. Johnny took kind of a a little bit of a dive in my estimation this week. (laughs) I feel like he mentioned wanting to bolt too much. Yeah. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Either stay or go, but stop that way. Well, this is the part where I would usually leave. Every day it feels like this is the part where he would usually leave. Bow, get your stinky ass in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot forgive and I cannot move on. (laughs) Who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes goes to Gil. It goes to Gil because I don't know what grown person in this climate says that you know your political views don't matter in a relationship at this point I think Gail suffers from toxic positivity and I didn't appreciate (laughs) I did not appreciate him forcing the dog walking and picking up poop on Merla when she already made it clear where she stands on that okay all right guys (laughs) that's it for this week thank you for following us on Instagram you can find us on Twitter, too, at AlterCall, M-A-F-S-A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We'll see you guys on the socials. We will. Don't forget that we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe. And on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. And we hope to see you here same time next week. Bye. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.